On this week's Music Mania podcast, it's a show too big for just one guest. In our first segment, we're going to be welcoming rock bassist royalty, Rudy Sarzo. He's going to break his silence about the passing of longtime friend and former bandmate Frankie Benelli, who passed away from pancreatic cancer just a month ago. And then we're going to speak with guitarist Damon Johnson. You know him from Brother Kane, from playing with Alice Cooper, from Thin Lizzy and Black Star Riders. He's an internationally renowned guitarist, vocalist, and songwriter. Damon Johnson is announcing a very special live performance, a tribute to Thin Lizzy. The show will be broadcast live on September 25th. That's today at 7 o'clock Central. The live event will emanate from Johnson's hometown of Nashville and will feature... Richie Faulkner of Judas Priest playing alongside Johnson and his band, The Get Ready. So head over to DamonJohnson.Veeps.com to purchase a ticket and get in on this live stream as Damon is going to be debuting the title track, Battle Lessons, from his upcoming album. Guys, it's all coming up right here on the Music Mania podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Martin from the band Mr. Big, the handsome one that stands right in the middle. That's me. And you're listening to Music Mania podcast. Thank you so much, man. I, I love talking about the things that I love, Clint. And for you to allow me to do it with you, uh, I am the Music Mania Podcaster. You are the best! You got the best! We roll tonight to the guitar fight. And for those about to rock, I salute you. You ready for some screaming heavy metal? Scream for me, Brazil! Scream for me, Brazil! We rock! You are now listening to the Music Mania Podcast, brought to you by CD Warehouse in Gladstone, the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest, featuring hard-hitting interviews with rock's living legends. And now, here's your host, Clint Schweitzer. It's been three years, man, since we've had you on. It's been a crazy uh, six months, man. What, I know this is a loaded question, but what's what's been going on the last six months for you, my friend? Load, loaded question. <laughs> uh, a, a lot of these. <laughs> a lot of... Uh, it's really interesting. It's like uh, most of the people that I know, just like myself, we're, we're really busy because everybody's turning you know, to the new technology to be creative and to stay relevant. And uh, so nothing has stopped for me. At least it hasn't. You know, I, I got a bunch of new projects that would have never happened unless we would have been locked down and have to rely on this new technology. And I actually get more done because I, I live in L.A. So it means that if I need to record something or be, you know, be somewhere for a meeting, I don't have to drive now. And they used to take up like the whole, you know, half the day, you know, you know, on the normal, in the old normal circumstances in LA, if I had to drive from where I live to Hollywood, that would be, you know, one hour and a half one way, an hour and a half this, you know, back home. And it's not because of the distance, it's because of the traffic. So now is I, I can do two or three meetings in a day without leaving the house and get, and get stuff done. Yeah. Well, is there anything you can kind of let us in on that you got that's uh, coming up? Anything you can kind of let us know? What's uh, anything going on with uh, uh, the Guess Who or what else you got going well, on, man? Well, with, with, with the Guess Who, you know, there's, it's, 
our situation is, is that we play on the weekends. So there's always dates in the calendar that we have, you know, the promoter has the option to move them to a, to a later date. So we have a lot of those happening right now. So we haven't been, been playing, you know. Of course. So um, March was the, the last official tour date. And by tour, I mean that, you know, we'll get like so many weekends in a month. So we know, you know, to allocate our time and, and our commitment to those dates personally, you know, each individual. And then we do things while we're at home. Everybody does different things, you know. Of course. Well, I tell you, it's, it's been a crazy month, man. It's just been um, the month anniversary just the other day that we lost Frankie Benali. And, you know, I talked to you probably a week after um, that Frankie passed away. And, and I, you know, I asked you to come on and you said, you know, man, it's just been really hard. You need some time. And that struck me because it's like, you think about the brotherhood that music creates and that's clearly what you guys had going on. What's, uh, what's this month kind of been like as you're dealing with the loss of a bandmate and a friend? Yeah, I mean, Frankie and I, we've been uh, friends since uh, 1972. That's uh, 48 years. And uh, I knew back in April last year, he, he asked me to come over to his house where we live like 15 minutes away from each other. And uh, which actually means across the street, you know. Right, for LA, LA, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, you know, I went over and uh, uh, he told me, he told me that he had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer stage four and he was going to fight it. And, you know, I, I've been through this with Ronnie James Dio. Yeah. It, it, it was a different form of cancer, but, but nevertheless, it was very aggressive, just like Frankie's and, and a late stage too, you know, and uh, you know, my experience has been that it's like you're always, you know, optimistic. You always keep it, you know, positive. And then you have like this moments of like, wow, I think he's going to beat it. You know, he's, he's going into remission or, or final stages of the medication. And then things just like, you know, they start going back, you know, they're not so positive anymore. And uh, with the case of Ronnie, it happened really quickly. He passed away six months after he was diagnosed to the day. And uh, with Frankie, he, he fought an incredible, you know, fight, you know. Not that, not that Ronnie did not, but, you know, Frankie had a, uh, extended it, which meant that he lived longer with pain, you know. And uh, I got to see him uh, the day before he he passed away and the day he passed away wow uh and you know i hadn't seen him because of, of covid you know you could not mm. go in and get together with people and especially somebody who's you know who's got cancer you know so uh the last his last visit to the hospital his last stay at the hospital for for a few weeks he had had some mini strokes and he was having difficulty uh, speaking. So Wednesday before he passed away, uh, his wife asked me to get on Facebook, um, you know, FaceTime him. Mm. And um, 
but he wasn't quite responding and being able to get the words out. So she says, you know, why don't you just come over? And I came over, you know, wore a mask. And it was just Regina and Ashley, Frankie's daughter, and, the, uh, and a nurse in the room. And I was, you know, I was, was talking with him, you know, communicating and holding his hand and trying, you know, he, he was a morphine at that, by that time, you know. And uh, so I left and then that, that evening, there's a text that I did not read because I, I, I went to sleep early. And Regina, his wife, has sent me a text saying that Frankie had been rushed to the hospital that evening. And so when I got up in the morning, I saw the text and responded to Regina. And she says, listen, he might not make it through the night, which is Thursday, the following day. And then she says, uh, I'm going to try to arrange for you to come over to the hospital again, because it's very difficult, you know, with this pandemic to be able to enter a hospital unless you're being treated, you know, or a, a relative, like a wife or, or a daughter, like, you know, Ashley and Regina. So she was able to, to make that happen. And so I was there. I got there around, around noon. And about an hour later, they, uh, you know, they, they gave him the final drip. You know, they got him off the uh, life support and turned off the machines. And, uh, and I left around 4, 4.30. And I was holding his hand. And, and uh, his hand, he, he was warm. He was really fighting it. He was not, because at, around noon, around 12.30, when they gave him, administered the last drip, uh, the uh, the doctors told Regina, you know, it's, it's just going to be a matter of a, you know a couple of hours, you know. But no, he kept hanging on. He kept hanging on, and uh, I thought he was going to make it through the night. And then uh, I left around five o'clock, and then later on that evening, I got a message from from Regina, text that uh, Frankie had passed. Mm -hmm. and yeah, so you know, it's it's. Uh, it was tough on everybody, you know, I mean, but, but what, what a, what, what a, a warrior, what a fighter, you know, um, but then again, Frankie's always been like that through everything, whether it's in a band, his music is, you know, he was never lax about, about life. He had a huge passion for life. You know? uh, thanks for sharing that, Rudy. I, I, that really was, that means a lot. Um, when when that happens, you know, you, you, you lose, you know, Randy Rhodes in 82, you lose Kevin Debro in 07. When that happens, I mean, you've been around the music business for so long, you've lost so many friends and so many people. Do, does, it, does it make you reflect kind of on, on, on the good times? What, what is it? Is it become harder with age? What, what's kind of the emotions? Well, I mean, you know, after... Now, you know, when, when, when we lost Randy, I, I really didn't have a perspective that I have now on what does it mean and what, what the responsibility of those left behind is. And that is, that is to honor the memory of those that passed on, you know, definitely, you know, that's, that's our responsibility, you know, honor it. 
And uh, I didn't have that back when, when Randy passed away. My, my reference was, this sucks. This is so freaking hard going on stage without him. I can't do this anymore. I'm going to move on. That was it. Mm. That's all. That, it, it, was, it, it was more like, like a survival mode. I mean, you know, we didn't have time for closure or even dealing with grief, the stages of grief when, when Randy passed away because Sharon did not want to cancel the tour because she was afraid that, that Ozzy was going to go home and drink himself to death. So, so she, she just wanted to keep it going, just to keep him occupied. Sure. So, so, you know, we were going to services. We had 10 days to get back on the road. So we were auditioning guitar players and going to services on the same day. You know, we just, we, in order to, to deal with it, you just become, you know, you, you just, you're desynthesized from, wow. from reality. You know, it's, it's, it was a matter of survival, emotional survival. How are you going to deal with this? You know, and I, I didn't have the right tools. I didn't have to, I do not understand anything. All I knew is I can't, the joy of playing has been gone. It's gone from my life and I must move on to something else. I didn't know what it was. And then I found, you know, that emotional comfort in, you know, go, playing with Frankie and Kevin and, and, and Carlos and, and Quiet Ryan. And I say Carlos because you know, I, I was, I, I knew Frankie's in 72 and we're talking 1982 here. Mm -hmm. So 10 years of playing and, you know, being, you know, best friends with Frankie. So that was comforting to be in his company. And Kevin, I have been playing with him, you know, not only in Quiet Riot, but in Dubrow up until I joined Ozzy. And I was living with him right, right, right up until I joined Ozzy. So there was definitely a, 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 familiar comfort to being making music with my friends you know my old friends away sure. from from a very sad situation that we faced every single day you know on tour with Ozzy you know I mean nobody from that camp from the Ozzy camp uh, has really recovered I haven't you know I just learned learned how to deal with it you know well, you, you've, you've been around and you've done so much, Rudy. You're one of the, you know, great bass players in, in rock history. Uh, you have a big milestone birthday yourself coming ah, up here. We don't, we don't like to talk <laughs> about specific ages or anything typically here, but for you, when you, when, when you <laughs> the, okay, well, we'll just say it. the big seven O's coming up in November, yeah, right? And, and what, does it, I, I, what does it mean? Because I really don't know. It just means that I've, I've been... I've been on this rock traveling across <laughs> around the sun for 70 years. Right. That's, that's what it really means to me. Anything else I have no, no, no. I mean, it's just me. It's still, still me. Well, does it, when you think about that, when you, when you look back on it, uh, you know, coming to LA, I guess in the seventies and, and kind of helping create a scene that was long lasting. I mean, when you look back on that, I mean, is does it, we're, the, we're talking about almost 50 years, you know, in the music industry and all the things you've done. You, when, you, when you hit those, hit those landmarks, do you kind of reflect on that? And what's, what do you think back on when you, when you think about uh, 
70 years on earth, man. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting because, you know, I, I, I look at every day and I feel like I'm, I'm auditioning every single day. Hmm. I'm auditioning. I'm auditioning. You know, I mean, it's, it's you, you have to prove yourself every single day. You know, I have to prove it to myself. And because, you know, my opinion, it's, it's really, it doesn't, you know, I, it's nice to have people say nice things about you and all that, but we know the truth, well, you know, well, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, I mean, if, if you can be fooled by, your, by, by, by yourself, then you're in trouble. I'm very honest with myself. And I know exactly where I stand in certain, you know, in certain things. I look back at the things that I've done. And of course, you can't do them any different than you originally did them because that certain actions that you take and are just a reflection of the time that you were living in and who you were at that time. You know, like I listen to certain recordings and some recordings I go and I go and I look, I hear them. I go, wow, I used to play like that. Wow. That's really cool because I don't now, but I used to then, then there's things that I listen to and I go, wow, I wish I could have recorded that now because I would do it different, but you, I have to, but then I understand, no, it's impossible because it's like taking a photo. It's like if you take, if you take your high school uh, uh, yearbook photo mm. and you want to take it again because, you know, 50 years later because you don't like the way you look. No, it, it doesn't work. It's, 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 it's a picture. It's, it's a stamp with a place and a time. You know, and all you can do is learn from it. If you don't like what happened, then we'll make sure that you do something about it, not to look the way you did or sound the way you did or whatever. And if you do like something from the past, revisit it because it's still you who did that. Uh, certainly that is, that is really well said. And uh, you've been a part of so many wonderful things. Um, do, are you cool? And maybe this is the wrong way to ask it. Do you think it's appropriate that quiet riot kind of continue without, without Frankie, they're, they're going to be here in my neck of the woods in Kansas city in a couple of weeks. And I have to oh, be wow. honest, I'm going through some kind of personal kind of anguish over it. I mean, I've seen the band in so many incarnations with you, with Carlos, without you and Carlos, I, we, I've you've seen it all, but what, do you think that it's okay? This is happening. I mean, I hope that nobody's expecting, you know, uh, band members to actually approve of certain things because it's up to the individual. Sure. But for me personally, it's a, it's a celebration. I mean, yeah. listen, we all work very hard to make that band a success. I mean, when I say work hard, I mean, have faith during the toughest time when you have everybody in the industry, even with mental health record in the can that nobody wanted to be a part of it in the business. Nobody believed, no managers believe in the band. I mean, as a matter of fact, we had to talk the original Quiet Riot, Randy Rhodes era manager to come, by, to come out of retirement and manage the band. Because he, according to the industry, our type of music was dinosaur music. There was no market for it, you know? So uh, yeah, we face a lot of obstacles. So. 
it's really a celebration of, of accomplishing, of tenacity, total tenacity. That's what Quiet Riot was all about, was really tenacious. We didn't care if, as far as us, our level of performance was always the same, whether we were playing in a club, and this is, I'm talking, I, I'm talking about the, the legacy of Quiet Riot, but what I'm referring to at this moment is when we were headline, um, when we were supporting headliners like ZZ Top or, or Scorpions or Iron Maiden and whatever, Lover Boy, on their days off, we headline clubs. And it didn't matter how many people were in the club versus how many people were in the arena. We always put on the same show. Yeah. And I got photos to prove it. <laughs> Even going back to the Randy Rhodes days, I can show you photos. I mean, every single photo tells the same story. You have Randy being Randy in Choir Riot. And you take that photo and you put it right next to Randy with Ozzy like a year, year and a half later. It's the same guy. It's not like all of a sudden Randy is with Ozzy playing in an arena and he's more Randy than he was in Choir Riot. Musical direction, that is something very different. Because by the time that Randy joined Ozzy, he was able to bring in his classical music influence and knowledge in into his compositions, which was not the strategy with Choir Riot. Choir Riot was always more of a glam, uh, glitter rock pop band, because that's what was happening. And on the Sunset Strip in 1977, 78, you know, yeah. Yeah, absolutely was. And, you know, Rudy, it's, it's uh, the legacy speaks for itself. Everything you've done speaks for itself. We can't wait to see what you've got coming up on the horizon. Want to encourage everyone to follow, give you a follow on Twitter at Rudy Sarzo. Simple enough, right? Um, if I don't talk to you, man, happy uh, early birthday. I know we're a couple of months out, but uh, you're uh, always been an inspiration for me. Huge fan of everything you've done. And uh, let's not wait three years to do this again, my friend. It's been yep. too long. Yep. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much, Clint. Rudy, it's always Thank a you. pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Thank Talk God soon. Bless. And a huge thanks to Rudy Sarzo for joining us. It's been three years since we spoke with Rudy. I reached out to him right after the passing of Frankie Benali. And he was very forthright with me. He said, I need some more time. I need some time to process these feelings. Circle back in a couple weeks. And I did. And he was right there for me. Rudy's one of my favorite people in the business. He's played with so many legendary acts. It's ridiculous. We could go through them, and we did during the interview. We talked about so many of the things he's done, from Quiet Riot to Ozzy Osbourne to bands like Blue Oyster Cult, and now the Guess Who. Rudy Sarzo is one of the good guys in the business, and it took a lot for him. You could tell he was getting very emotional talking about his best friend, Frankie Benali. He was there as Frankie passed away in the hospital. It's unbelievable. I was getting very emotional during the interview, and again, we do all these uh, interviews on, on video as well on Zoom. So if you want to check them out, go over to our YouTube channel, which is Ignitro Entertainment, and you can check out the video versions of these interviews. It's very cool to be able to do that. So for our next guest, one of my favorite guys, one of my favorite guitarists, Damon Johnson. I loved him in Alice Cooper. I loved him in Brother Kane. And now it's Damon Johnson and the Get Ready. So you better get ready for this interview as he's bringing it tonight in a live stream which is a tribute to Thin Lizzy. It's tonight at 7 o'clock Central. Go to DamonJohnson.com for the details. And now, enjoy this interview that I did just yesterday with Damon Johnson. Hey, hey, Clint, how are you? Oh, I'm doing awesome, man. It's good to, good to finally do an interview with you where we can interact 
face to face, that's somewhat, I guess, uh, the one good thing that's come from some of this stuff is Zoom <laughs> has taken off and now the technology allows for a little more personal interviews, man. I love it. How are you? Man, I'm doing really well. That looks like a killer spot you're in, dude. I see like treadmills and um, that's my dream right there. I haven't, our, our gym has been shut down since, uh, you know, like yeah. for months. For that's months. crazy. Yeah. Uh, this is, I'm actually at a, this is a high school uh, cardio room where I, where I work at here. And so, yeah, this is, uh, I'm in Liberty High School in Kansas City, man. And we're, we're rolling along schools, uh, actually taking place so we're, we're loving it here but uh <laughs> hopefully things are on the on the up and up for you man because a lot going on new album on the way and um the new single is which is going to be debuted tomorrow during a, a live stream tell us about kind of what's coming up um actually as, at the time this airs it will be today so today friday the 25th tell us what's going on you're teaming with richie faulkner to do this uh, thin lizzie tribute Tell us the details and kind of how we can, how we can find it, ma'am. Clint, there is a lot going <laughs> on, man. <laughs> I'll try to, I'll try to give you the bullet points. All right. Damon Johnson and the Get Ready are releasing the first single from our new album. That single arrives today on all the digital platforms. We've got some friends at radio that are already playing it. That song is called Battle Lessons. So I knew several weeks back, it's like, man, we're, we're putting out a new song. We can't go on tour right now. Uh, what can we do? Let's do something special. And I, um, I was thrilled that my longtime friend, Richie Faulkner from Judas Priest, moved to Nashville, where I live, where we all live, uh, in the latter part of last year. I gave him a call and said, hey, man, I got this crazy idea. Um, my band releasing a single. It's the 50th anniversary of Thin Lizzy. If you can believe that, Clint, 50 years ago. I can't. Phil Lina and Brian Downey started a band together. Um, I said, man, what do you think about playing some songs with us? Let's, uh, let's play a few Thin Lizzy songs. Would you play our new song with us? Clint, he couldn't say yes fast enough. Um, I, I was it. thrilled. Richie's, Richie's one of my favorite people on the planet. And uh, in addition to that, he's one of the finest hard rock metal guitarists anywhere, man. And so it's happening tonight, 7 p.m. Central, a live stream from SIR Rehearsal Studios in Nashville, the four of us on a big stage, Marshall amps, big drums. We're bringing in a couple of lights. Um, People can get tickets on this amazing platform that my trio has been doing some live streams with all summer. They're called Veeps. V is in Victor, E-E-P-S. All you got to do is go to damonjohnson.veeps.com, get a ticket. My favorite thing about this platform, Clint, is that they give the ticket buyer 48 hours to watch the show whenever it's convenient for them. Um, you know, I'm grateful to have some fans in other countries around the world. Um, a buddy from Japan reached out and he's like, great, I can watch this. I'm not going to miss it. I'm not going to have to set my alarm clock for 3 a.m. in the morning right. just to watch the live stream. So um, it's great, man. And um, just a lot of activity, brother. Like I say, I'm grateful. So proud of this record that we're putting together. 
Uh, we wanted to have the entire thing finished by now. The coronavirus changed all that. You know, it, it made us have to break up our schedule in the studio. So we wanted to go ahead and start putting out some songs. Got a video dropping next week. It's, uh, I feel like a, I feel like a carnival barker these days, man. It's so much Dude, to promote and talk about. I love it though. Um, and I just, just before we came on, Jody sent me the, the song can't clap any louder. Uh, and I'm, I mean, it freaking rocks so hard, man. I didn't know. I, I is that going to be the new video? Is that, is that what that's going to be? Battle lessons is the single. My goal is to follow it up with a video for can't yeah. clap any louder. Yeah. Um, Thank you so much for saying that, Clint. Um, I'm proud of both of these songs. I'm proud of the six that we've gotten finished and mixed and mastered. We got four more coming. Uh, brother, this is a rock record like I've not made maybe ever in my whole career. A lot of tempo, lots of big guitars. So um, those two songs are definitely giving people a taste of what's up. Um, man, I've put out a diversity of music over the course of my career. Yes. So. <laughs> You know, if, yeah, there are you, people, if there's people that prefer some of my softer stuff, then go listen to those records. This one is not that. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, this is about as uh, melodic and, and hard rocking and in your face as you can get. And I absolutely love it. Uh, talk a little bit about, uh, you know, teaming with Richie to do this. I'll tell you what, when KK Downing and Glenn Tipton then kind of stepped away from Judas Priest, I'm sitting here thinking that's the greatest guitar tandem maybe in, in, in rock and metal history. So Richie Faulkner comes in and, and, you know, you give it a chance. I love Judas Priest. I love Halford. I love the music. Richie Faulkner has breathed new life into it. I don't think Judas Priest would be around today. I think Rob Halford has said as much if Richie hadn't come in there, man. He, great guy. How did, how, did, how did you, how did you even, uh, how did you know Richie from, I mean, back in the day? I mean, I know you've done with so much. I mean, you've been with Thin Lizzy and Black Star Riders and uh, kind of the British side of things. But what, how, how did you know Richie and kind of how did you guys get teamed up? I know he moved to Nashville. That helped. Yeah, well, man, listen, it's crazy. Richie and I have known each other for over a decade. I met Richie the very first time way back in 2009. I was in the Alice Cooper band. Sure. And we did a run of dates, and the opening act was Steve Harris's daughter, Lauren. Lauren Harris. She put out a great record, and she had a band, and they're out doing shows. Richie was her guitar player. So I could tell immediately, man, that Richie was a great player. He was a super nice guy, we, you know, always really affable. And I could also tell we had a lot of influences in common. Jump ahead two years, I get asked to join Thin Lizzy. Thrill of a lifetime for me. The very first run of tour dates we had, Thin Lizzy supported Judas Priest in the United States. This was like October of 2011. So I'm in catering, like first day of the tour, and Richie comes walking in, and I'm like, hey, man, what are you doing here? <laughs> he goes, hey, brother, I'm the new guitar player in Judas Priest. <laughs> and, you know, I, love I, it. I, I don't know how I missed that, you know, how, how life goes, man. You get busy and you get distracted. It's hard to keep up. So I was thrilled. So, of course, man, that very first show, I'm stage right to see him play with Priest and Clint. I was blown away. I was blown away. I knew Richie could play, but man, he, it's not even about him embodying the spirit of Judas Priest. I can't think of a time 
that any other musician, I'm including singers as well, came into an established legendary band to fill a position that brings so much respect, authenticity, and talent to that role, while at the same time carving out his own identity, his own sound, his own style. Incredible. So we did those dates together in 2011. Then uh, Scott Gorham and Ricky Warwick and I put together Black Star Riders yep. and made those records. We did more dates with Judas Priest and we did a big tour with them just back in 2018. And um, quite frankly, I talked to Richie a lot at that time because that's when I was thinking about focusing full time on my solo career. So, uh, you know, man, our friendship is, is, has been, uh, you know, a long time we've been friends. And so the icing on the cake was when he moved to Nashville last year. And uh, I couldn't have been happier, you know, Richie's friends with my wife, Linda and I and our kids. And it's all, it's all a love fest here in Nashville. Well, that's, dude, I, it's, what is it about Nashville? People are fleeing to Nashville. It's almost like Nashville is the new LA from the 1980s. So many musicians have moved out there, man. What's up with that? Yeah, listen, brother, I'm telling you, it is purely about the lifestyle. You know, yeah. there there is a community here. It is cool that there's a lot of, you know, there's there's plenty of people in, in the rock and roll genre that are here. Um, you know, my family moved here simply because I had spent a lot of time in Nashville. We knew the schools were great for our kids. It was kind of halfway between my wife's family in Detroit and my family down in Birmingham, Alabama. And I, you know, I kind of figured there would be, you know, a lot of um, infrastructure, you know, for what I wanted to do, man, more songwriting, marketing, publishing, you know, kind of the business. And um, I guess in a way, man, I knew a long time ago, I sort of envisioned this point in my life coming where I was independent, putting out my own records. You still need a team, man. You, need, you still need people to help you with that. And absolutely the case. And I, the last time, Damon, that we had you on was uh, Memoirs of an Uprising when that album was coming out. And uh, I love that album. That's the last time we talked to you. So kind of how difficult was it trying to kind of keep that momentum going from 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 that album to this album? And do you feel like you've had a blessing in disguise of like some, you know, more time, more technology, more capabilities of kind of getting this one done? Kind of what's been the, the transition from, from the last album to this? That's a great question, Clint. I don't think battle lessons as a body of work would be as heavy and as thick and up-tempoed as it is had it not been for the fantastic year that the band and I had last year while we were out supporting Memoirs of an Uprising, we got some great support slots. We did some tour dates with the Winery Dogs. We toured with Clutch, who I love with all my heart. And then back in February of this year, we did a, a great run with UFO, another legendary band that I love. So, um, I don't know, man. I think, again, that kind of informed some of the songs that, that I was starting to write for this record. The technology definitely helps, brother. I'm not, I'm not going to kid you. You know, just kind of being self-contained. I've really settled into a great kind of working system. This is my little 
cubby hole I'm talking to you from right now, man. This is, you know, I got my guitar here. I got a bass over here, my computer, little drum machine. And I, all these songs, man, as soon as I write them, I can make a fully realized demo in 15 minutes and send it to the guys. And um, I cannot undervalue the importance of another relationship that came my way once I moved to town. And that's my dear friend and legendary producer, Nick Rasculinix. I had never laid eyes on Nick in person uh, until we moved here. And uh, we wound up at a concert together. A mutual friend introduced us. Man, six months later, he's producing the first, uh, or I'm sorry, the second Black Star Writers record. Yeah. And we, we did two of those records together. He produced an EP for me. He's changed my life, Clint. He's changed mm. my life. You know, he's a, he's such an important asset to, to my music and, you know, the things that I'm putting out. He's a big cheerleader for me. And, uh, you know, for a guy that's made records with Rush and Alice in Chains, Foo Fighters, Stone Sour, Mastodon, the list goes on. You know, that's a very powerful, you know, person to have in my life. And, and I'm really grateful to Nick. We, we're having... We've, we've had a lot of fun making all the records we've made together, but especially this one. Um, Cause it's, you know, once, once we get the drums and bass down, we kick the other guys out of the studio and it's just me and Nick. So. <laughs> right on. Um, Damon, I mean, the solo career for you has really taken off. I mean, can you just kind of take us through this journey because you've been with so many legendary acts. I love, I loved you as part of the Ellis Cooper group. Um, I love that Theater of Death era. I saw that show many times. Uh, Black Star Riders, Thin Lizzy, Brother Kane. The personal satisfaction, though, how important is that to you at this stage of your life and career that you're able to, to make the music with the people that you want to make the music with? How, how important is that to you right now? I'm incredibly proud of that resume and grateful for all those experiences because as you do in anything in life, you, you learn and you grow and you make mistakes and you make bad decisions and you have to learn from those. And um, in a way that's kind of what the term battle lessons is all about to tell you the truth, man, you know, all the places I've been. And so I, I really began to feel like, you know, two or three years ago, Clint, that the, the thing that's going to define my career the most, it's not a dazzling resume. It's the quality of the music that I put out. That's the stuff that's going to live on after me. Yeah. That's the stuff that it's kind of the, uh, I guess in a way, it, it, it's kind of that, that light at the end of the tunnel that we're forever pursuing because that's where you get the most fulfillment, man. It's great playing with all those people. It's great being on tour and playing on big stages and all those experiences, man. The thing that's even better than that is to sit in this little room and write a song that you know is special and watching it develop, putting it through the paces. You know, I sat right here in this chair that I'm in right now and I wrote Battle Lessons with my friend Jim Troglin demoed it up on this table and here you and I are brother seven months later talking about it it's the title track we got new artwork coming it's his on all the digital platforms today we're doing this live stream with Richie Faulkner that's the stuff man so essentially 
this is where this is the, this is the place in my career I love the most where I'm at right now. I would, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back to one of the other bands now rather than do this. Wow. No disrespect to anybody, you know, love all those people grateful for, for, for those experiences and memories. But, uh, I'm living my best life, Clint, right now. <laughs> you don't know how happy that makes me, Damon. I'm such a huge fan of yours. And uh, every time we've had you on the show, you're just uh, you're, you're such a kind person. And I'm such a fan of your work. I want to make sure Thank everybody you. gets to uh, DamonJohnson.com. Uh, DamonJohnson.Veeps.com. That's where you can get the ticket for the live stream. I'm definitely going to be in there. I can't wait. You can also go pre-order the album now uh, at DamonJohnson.com. Correct? You can go pre-order it. Yeah, that's right, Clint. The pre-order campaign has been fantastic. We're using a great platform. You may remember, man, I had a rough experience with Pledge Music. I forgot about that. Year. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And you know what's been great, man? It's like, I think that's the maybe the second time I've said the words Pledge Music in the last six months. Mm, so, I, um, you know, look, it was a disaster. We got screwed over. A lot of other artists got screwed over. Learned a lot. Now we're using this uh, platform Indiegogo. Yeah. They're fantastic. They've, they've been so flexible with how we've done this. You know, in the pandemic, we had to make adjustments. We had to hit pause back in the spring. It's the best, the easiest thing to do, brother. Like you said, just go to my website, DamonJohnson.com. The pre-order campaign info is there. The info about the live stream with Richie Faulkner is there. For those tickets, indeed, you can just go to DamonJohnson.Veeps.com. So much stuff happening. Uh, you'll like this, Clint. This very morning, my wife made me banana pancakes. I'm sitting there having my pancakes <laughs> and my coffee, and I created a brand new Instagram profile for Damon Johnson and the Get Ready. So, uh, dude. At 7.30 a.m., I think we had four followers, so. <laughs> You're about to have five here in a second, man. That's right. so great. Thanks for letting us know that, man. That's freaking awesome. Damon, Yeah. we're going to yeah, send everybody man. there. You're the best. Uh, we can't thank you enough. And I'll tell you what, as God is my witness, we got to see you out here. I don't know if it's going to be 2020, if it's going to be 2021. We're going to see you out there somewhere out there in the stratosphere. We're going to get this thing going, man, and we're going we're gonna to see this band live because we can't wait to do it. Thank you so much, Clint. Indeed, brother. That's where that's where our heads and hearts are at. We just yeah. feel like that whenever we do get the green light to get back to work, man, we're coming out of the gate charging with flames coming out of our ears. It's going to be, it's, we're going to be ready, brother. It's going to be fantastic. Ready for that. Hey, thank you so yeah. much. Best of luck. Congratulations. And we'll talk again soon, my friend. Clint, continued success to you, brother. Y'all stay safe and, uh, I'll see you in, I'll see you in person very soon. Hell yeah, dude. Thank you.